0: Welcome back to another episode of Life With Lamb. Today I'm here with Zach. How are we going? How you going, mate? <laughs> <laughs> good man. It's fine. It's good to see you. Like yeah, you too, in the mate. flesh, like after when was that? Uh event? more than a run. Yeah, more than a run. So
1: we met back in November, I think that was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did uh, more than a run for Lululemon, help them out to raise awareness for um, mental health. Yeah, that was Did, amazing. I'm a bit nervous because <laughs> I've got my own podcast and I've just started interviewing other people, so normally I'm on the other side of the seat, but uh, that's all right. No, nah, well, <laughs> it's all right. Just a chat between you, and me,
0: which is good. No, nah, that's it. Um, tell us a bit about yourself. Like, who are you? What do you uh, do? Yeah.
1: So my name is Zach Pettit. Um, I'm 26 years old. I am an electrician by trade um i just recently started running and uh became quite obsessed with it you could say and yeah started running ultra marathons and i'm also the founder of a non-for-profit organization called tuco which stands for it's time to know osteosarcoma
0: yeah awesome yeah um and like how did that come yeah, about? yeah how did that come about I guess. um
1: i guess we can scoot back a bit to a bit of my upbringing and then, yeah, I'll explain to you how that all went down. But basically, I was actually um, brought up in Doncaster, believe it or not. So oh, not geez. too far. I went Pretty to Doncaster local. Gardens in prep. So uh, we could have been mates. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then I uh, left and moved to a little country town called Whittlesey. Um Yeah, so I went to Whittlesey Primary School right through till grade six. Uh, really enjoyed my sports. So mainly basketball and footy at that stage uh wasn't big on the academic side of things (laughs) but uh yeah then yeah moved to uh went to assumption college kilmore just down down the road a little bit further out in the sticks i don't think you'd know where that is (laughs) (laughs) no clue i'm a city boy (laughs) yeah uh, a little catholic school so i'm a little catholic boy and basically yeah um in year seven i became best friends with Zane Robert Collier, uh, we met actually on orientation day, so that was back in grade six, so 2008 that was, and yeah, we just formed a really close bond through orientation day, then we went and had a summer holiday, kept texting, getting to know each other, and then the first week of school back in January uh, was actually recorded as one of the hottest days um, ever recorded in Victoria, it was nearly, I think it was nearly like 49, 50 Jeez. degrees, Um yeah, it was a scorcher of a day. And that was our first day at high school. And unfortunately, uh, over that weekend was Black Saturday. So that was the first week of our, um, of school for high school. And as we all know, that was a devastating day. And yeah, his house actually got uh, burnt down. So yeah, his uh, family home got burnt down. And it just brought um, a really close connection between me and him really early. So he was actually, he was, brought up in Kilmore and went to Kilmore Primary School. And I think, yeah, the burning down of his house, just watching him move house, lose absolutely everything that him and his family owned, just really brought uh, our friendship and our bond um, quicker and, yeah, made us really tight and close. And they lived in like a chicken coop farm house that someone um, let them live in for as much time as they needed until they uh, built a new house and yeah just remember getting getting to know him and you know either playing playstation playing call of duty zombies or having a kick of the footy so yeah um in year seven we yeah really got close because of football i wasn't that good he was an absolute gun i remember our first ever day uh playing footy for assumption in year seven he was um <clears throat> starting in the midfield and i was i was on the bench just watching him and i remember mum fed us pizza for brekkie that day and uh we had barely any sleep because you know back then you don't really sleep as a kid you have the all-nighters and he just went absolutely nuts like i remember my jaw dropping watching him and i was like jeez is this my best mate like what the hell how <laughs> is he so good and just watching him on the field uh just having that flow and he was the kind of player that would get everyone else involved, um, which which ultimately made me become a better footballer, I think, and um, yeah, it was just surreal just to watch him then keep elevating and keep lifting, a bit like yourself, he went and played state for footy, I know you're heading to state as well soon, <laughs> and um, yeah, he also played for Calder Cannons and Vic Country, and then also uplifted myself and the way I played footy and yeah, it was just it was a beautiful bond. We both went for Collingwood magpies and yeah, I guess I really really got to got to know him then. My parents also split up so he was there for me at an early age and yeah, went through some very hard hitting stuff in in such a short short period of time. Yeah,
0: it sounds like pretty rough for like such a young age as well. uh,
1: yeah, I guess it was rough, but um, yeah, life swings all curveballs at you, yeah, and we just kept on keeping on. And yeah, I guess um, he's also like big smart ass as I am myself. So, like I said, we weren't big on academics or <laughs> listening and concentrating in religion and learning our Catholic backgrounds, like good Catholic boys we were. But um, yeah, when it came to being being uh, playing football and being around each other in that sport or even basketball, tennis, all the rest of it. Uh we just had a a very good bond. So yeah, throughout um year seven, um, year eight, year nine, year nine, you know, you, know, you go go to city camps, all the rest of it. Um, start uh playing up and you have your first couple of beers, you don't tell your parents <laughs> yeah. and then they're like, Where are you been? Well just at the movies, you know. Um and then started getting arguments over who could have that girl who could have this girl, not exactly have but try fight for them but we both probably ended up losing in the end <laughs> <laughs> and then fast track a few more years we go into year 11 and he actually met a beautiful girl not by the name steph gray who ended up being his partner and um yeah he won that battle <laughs> nah, nah he was always going to win that battle and um yeah it uh it was it was an amazing spe- experience band at assumption college it was very um very uh what should i say like happy environment you know it was just a nice place to be around and uh, going into year 12 was uh quite quite hectic once again hitting year 12 you know um you're drinking more you're you're having fun you're hitting you're hitting 18 you're getting your P plates and um i was actually a year older (laughs) i was a bit of a goose and got kept down in primary school but that's all right so i was i was fresh 19 had more license and Zane was um, born in March and he um, born on 24th of March and he uh, sorry 19th of March and he uh, not long after his 18th birthday party actually found out that he was diagnosed with osteosarcoma uh, osteosarcoma is a bone cancer formerly found in your long bones. Uh, so your femur, his, his was found in his femur. So what happened was we are training for, um, for first football. So year 12, is like the highest level that you can, your senior club at school. And um, he was vice captain and he just wasn't able to participate in training. You know, he, he could feel a niggle and he went down to uh, Calder Cannons to uh, just check out what was going on. And yeah, so they did an x-ray uh they couldn't really see much from there i presume and then they did an mri and they saw this dot in his femur and they basically said look um we need to do like a biopsy uh for that and yeah they took they basically a big needle with like a scalp on it take imagine the pain that you deal with with that um straight into his femur and pulled something out and he said it was the most painful thing he'd ever experienced at the time and, yeah, the result was, as I said, osteosarcoma, which is extremely rare form of bone cancer. It's form uh, it's mainly found in uh, people from the age of, or adolescents, so anywhere from, you know, kids to, in particular, kids to 19 years of age. Um, they're unsure as to why that is. It could be growth spurt related. Um, and, yeah, it just a spanner in the works. We had a very... You know a very tight bond and no joke went aside but when he told me he had cancer i was like oh shit like this isn't a joke like this is very serious and it was early stages of year 12 and as you know like vce all the rest mm-hmm. of it um can be quite daunting and you know very hard to like perceive how everything is going around us so he actually instantly uh didn't didn't drop out or drop he just dropped back from school and only went a couple of days a week um and like to look back at it now as i said i'm 26 so he was 18 at the time uh, and just to know how sh- mentally strong and tough he was sitting at home while we're all you know going to school and doing the rest of it and he's waiting on results or to see what the next move was for him and his life is um yeah it's it's something i always think about like just to be that mentally tough. Um, mm. he didn't really, he didn't, he did show some, some form of emotions, but sometimes he held himself at a very high level when it came to, uh, dealing with the disease. And yeah, so basically <clears throat> the option was to remove his femur. So
0: oh. <laughs> sorry about no, you're okay.
1: I've got a alarm set for everything but uh hopefully that's the last one but um got sorry and-
0: did you know like all this was going on when he was like out of school for a few days a week
1: or? uh no so yes i did so basically mm. he sorry basically he told me that he was diagnosed and then pretty much not long after the diagnosis he was out of school a couple of days a week so yeah we did know that he he was going through it and we did know that he was getting treatment and seeing what was best for him uh, through St. Vincent's Hospital and the Epworth and a few other hospitals as well. And yeah, so yeah, he had the, yeah, the the option was obviously chemotherapy, which um, is brutal on the body. And for a bloke, for a bloke that was so fit and so healthy and, you know, like yourself, going to the gym, training a couple of nights a week, eating well all the rest of it and then have this just come about um, yeah as I said just through a massive spanner in the works and was really hard to understand um, so yeah he yeah the the route was um, to get treatment through chemotherapy and that's what they did and uh, during that year all of us boys decided to shave our heads that were in the first 18 football team so we did that and yeah, it was a very special moment um very impairing moment for himself i'm sure and it was yeah a very tight bond through that club for oh, that team that we had at the school uh for those reasons and yeah so he then underwent treatment for for to remove his femur so what they were going to do is they removed his femur so removed it from the knee to your hip the whole thing and replaced it with titanium rod so that was going to be the re- that was the replacement of his femur and um, I think you know you go you go through high school kind of thinking you're somewhat superman I yeah guess. invincible yeah, hey. yeah especially yeah. when it comes to pee plates driving um, you know your immune system should be pretty good unless you've been kissing a lot of girls and get glandular <laughs> fever through all those parties but Nonetheless, yeah, he, um, he had that femur removed and uh, obviously I was there a lot for him and being there and just once again to see his, his leg blown up and um, the scar from his knee to his hip uh, was just uh, <clears throat> quite a, I don't even know the words to use. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's hey? yeah, it's almost unthinkable. Yeah, it's it's something you, you can't really put into words. You think like, like why him or why why cancer in in the first place? Like what? what and,
0: yeah, and what questions sort of came into your head, and what were your thoughts? Um, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah, no, that's
1: fine. Uh, I think I just thought that he he was a very tough minded uh, young. Bloke that was going to get through anything whatever was in his way and that's exactly what he did um mentally and physically whatever came his way he fought it with everything that he had so yeah just on osteosarcoma uh basically why it's so rare is because it metastasizes so metastasizes means spreads to from bone to your vital organs so your liver your lungs your brain whatever and then they're unsure as to how that is as well Mm -hmm. so uh yeah it um so he had that removed uh we then that was later in later in year 12 um i'm gonna say august i can't really quite remember the exact month but um yeah he had that removed and then he was in a wheelchair uh for a long period of time which is also very hard to to see your mate like you know one minute playing footy and Best on ground, best boat coming through, um, you know, AFL, VFL prospect, uh, to then in a wheelchair, uh, with no answers and no reason. I guess your question is what what was I questioning? It was just there was so much going on that you you almost just don't question it to a sense, you know. You gotta just kind of let day by day happen and take it in and just watch him um you know do as what he could do best within that situation and uh credit to himself he's just and to his family like he he'd come to parties and surprise me in a wheelchair or in crutches or surprise everyone and Mm. just have a really uh solid mentality and have a laugh and just be himself and that's all he really wanted um from anyone is you know just um be yourself so yeah, to say what I was thinking, um, I guess that was probably my first bout of anxiety. So that's probably one thing where I I didn't really understand what I was exactly thinking or how I was to go about it. But I was just hoping for the best for him and always being there to support him. And yeah, so he had that he had his femur removed, and then we got into we came towards graduation. Which is the back end of the year when you're obviously doing all your VCE exams uh, and all the rest of it, and he was then told that, um, unfortunately that it had spread to his lungs. Now, so that's where what I mean by the metastasizes, and at that stage, I didn't, I don't even think I knew that that was a possibility. You know, you don't wasn't something that we were playing Doctor Google with. It was just be there for him and do whatever he needed or yeah just be a mate really so when that happened at that age i don't think i really could understand uh the full the how do i explain it just how serious the matter was once it does something like that um because uh, obviously a lot a lot can change from uh, i guess like your survival rates or just Your percentage of getting through this um dreadful disease because it's spread but um you know they were on top of it they i'm pretty certain it was only two two small um cancerous tumors in his lungs which they had removed uh through keyhole surgery so then seeing once again seeing him you know tubes tubes in his throat and just um yeah hit for six and taking it he was literally taking it as best as he possibly could you know you go in there and it wasn't like a a down experience it was just you know uplifting it as best as you could um having a laugh but this is the experience that i had with him because i i was his best mate so whenever i came in i just knew to be his mate have a laugh and all the rest of it um was that the mindset that you took on yeah i guess i I guess you could say that yeah i think was not only the mindset that i took on but it was a mindset that he wanted yeah and so it just worked so it was just yeah it was just um yeah how i approached it and how i went about it like i can
0: imagine how difficult that would have felt like
1: i think yeah it was extremely difficult i i um I remember, I can't remember what it's called in year 12 when you do VCE, but you ask for a, um, like an exemption yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I remember going and seeing a doctor in regards to anxiety and just yeah. thinking like, what, what am I even like going through? Why do I even need this? Like I didn't think I needed it. Um, looking back now, I, I see that the reasons for that were necessary and yeah, there was a lot to take in personally, but all in all, uh, wasn't, wasn't much compared to, what my best friend was dealing with, on the other hand, so
0: yeah, for sure. I guess like there's that taboo, especially. When did you graduate?
1: Like I graduated in 2014. Yeah, yeah.
0: so I can imagine the like taboo and stigma surrounding like mental health and anxiety. There wouldn't like, be much. Yeah,
1: well, attention. Yeah, you know, you, you, yeah. I guess you could say that for sure. I think, um, I think growing up through high school, it was definitely coming through with um, dealing with anxiety and depression, definitely, but one thing is dealing with it the other thing is even knowing that you have it i guess so that was just something for me personally i just didn't really put into terms what it was or how i was going to deal with it but yeah zane so leading through graduation zane then had that operation and and was on the mend and was doing doing really well and um the following year earlier in the year my brother had his deb my brother's a couple of years um, younger than myself and we went to that and had an amazing time actually i just want to back that a bit sorry yeah of course um we actually had uh, assumption made the grand final in um 2014 and we managed to actually win the flag that year so it was a really special moment for us to you know win the flag and win it for zane yeah um sure. uh, yeah it was just an incredible moment to to do that for himself and then um we we scooted down to adelaide to play adelaide for the following following match the week after Uh, we got spanked but i was lucky enough to be by side, by his side and um billet with him so it was yeah it was an amazing experience to be there um for him and as well as just you know enjoy life and kind of forgot the whole cancer thing he was doing well and just enjoyed being in another state and having a laugh and all the rest of it so yeah that was an incredible moment going through year 12 um at that stage of, of school. And then yeah, graduating with him, we sat in the, um, on the same table and had a really good night. I was extremely drunk, but that's right. Um, (laughs) and then I just remember one thing in particular on graduation was, uh, having a wheel, wheel him to the toilet to, uh, take, take some sort of medication and just watching him have to do that. And just, once again, just contemplating like, what was even going on was um I was just trying to work out like what was happening it was eye-opening but at the same time you know you're naive almost to the whole situation you know it's an experience that i'd never personally experienced with someone that close to me um but yeah n- nonetheless he made every experience with him through that the exact same as what it would have been in in year nine you know it was just um being mates so yeah we we graduated and then um yeah the next year i started just laboring um laboring for work and he was recovering and on the mend and um yeah throughout that year it was just a bit of a battle um chemotherapy i think again and yeah obviously uh removing i'm not too sure he might may have had one or two surgeries just on his lungs just to uh get rid of as many um, tumors as he could and um yeah so i think in may or possibly uh, yeah may or june uh 2015 he uh went to an appointment which was not long after my brother's deb and um yeah that deb was probably one of the most incredible nights of my life Mm. because He just said, hey, Zachy, we're getting absolutely blind tonight. Um, and I had footy the next day and he goes, I don't care about your footy. Just um, just get drunk with me. And I did that. Uh, at that time, I actually had a broken wrist and probably shouldn't have even been playing footy. And he did pull me up and say, hey, um, get your body right before you you play footy. And I took that on board and uh, actually stopped playing uh, that season. And, uh, yeah, of May of June of that year, he went and checked up um, with the doctors uh, and unfortunately he was told that uh, he didn't have too long to live because the cancer had spread and yeah it spread uh, I'm not sure too much about how or where but it was just too much for them to operate on and um, radiate and have chemotherapy so yeah that was in uh yeah may or june i can't remember the exact date unfortunately but uh on august um august the 24th 2015 uh he passed away from osteosarcoma and um yeah it was just like leading up to that that three months of uh trying to you know come to terms with with my mate um passing like even before he did was yeah was full on for obviously everyone around him and his family and friends and and himself included. Um, but once I once again like credit to himself at such a young age with such stru- such a strong mentality. You know, like uh, I sat in the r- room a lot with him throughout those couple of months, and he had a lot of people you know coming in and being upset as as yeah as you, as it would be and. Mm-hmm. It was nice because it was nice in a way because I was there, you know, just to be by his side and have a laugh and watch the footy, watch Collingwood play or whoever was on, and and just be by his side. Or it wasn't. We had our moments where we had tears for sure, but um, yeah, it was just an experience that was uh, crazy to say the least. But uh, yeah, credit to him, like you know you get told you only have a certain timeline to live and he held him he held himself up high and uh he had no choice but to you know i guess accept that he wasn't he wasn't um you know he, he wasn't like pissed off you weren't going to go there he definitely had moments where he was for sure we're all human you know yeah, it's um definitely. it's life um to be pissed off but All in all, all my memories with him through growing up to to that to that time of his life and myself, like he was just in a very good stead and um, took it extremely well, which just uh, yeah really changed my perspective of life itself. And
0: yeah, how has um, his death and your relationship shaped the way that you go about your own life today? Uh,
1: Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, changed my perspective as I said about life just um you know trying to live every day as if it's uh, the last so to speak um you have your days for sure but I think um early on after his passing I did lose myself there for a bit and i once again didn't probably realize at the time I got heavily into partying and doing all the fun things you do once you finish school and look I don't I still love that side of my life. I had a lot of fun and I met a lot of people and I still love to party now. But um, I think I was more so drowning my sorrows and just trying to come to grips and terms with uh, the process of moving forward or trying to understand how I was going to move forward. But yeah, it's definitely um, shaped my life differently uh, just to try be the best possible person I can be um, and I guess just to yeah, take everything, take each day as it comes. But you know, make sure um, you give it your all, no matter what the circumstance. And you know, he can be a hypocrite in some areas and say that sometimes I don't do that for sure. But um, overall, I definitely yeah learn a lot from him. Um, just to be respectful and um, yeah, there's so I couldn't i'm trying to wrap my head around some of the other things i've learned but i guess the list goes on and on mate um yeah i think yeah the biggest one would definitely be just um take every day as it comes but yeah just try give it your all um and be a better person for it yeah yeah definitely i think um later down in, in the lot in the track i can obviously talk m- more about how I perceived it differently again, um, in regards to Tuco, but we can get down there a bit later on. For sure,
0: <laughs> we got lots of lots of room for that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry that um took a I guess like a reflection. Or... No, that's fine, man. Um, yeah,
1: that's what I'm here for. That's okay.
0: Yeah. Um. So what were the I guess the months or like years after?
1: Yeah. Have... So I actually, like I said, I broke my wrist, uh, and it was a pretty bad break. It was actually the scaphoid, which is the bone in your risk that takes all the pull and push so hopefully you never do that (laughs) that's good because um yeah i stopped going to gym and stopped training and this was all the same time as he passed and was told numerous occasions that it wasn't healing i had plaster on for over 18 months so i couldn't start my electrical apprenticeship um and i was 21 by then so 2021 and yeah just put a halt on life um you know everyone was moving forward with with work and you know university and all the rest of it and i knew what i wanted to do is to be an electrician um but obviously couldn't get there just yet so i worked at quicksilver and i did a lot of laboring that way and just waited for my wrist to heal which obviously it fi- finally did thankfully and yeah i guess got stuck into partying heavily on the weekends, which like I said, um, I don't regret at all. I had quite a lot of fun, but that was probably the cycle of my life for a good year or two. Just the same repetitive, uh, cycle of work, party life balance, um, as well as started playing football again. And then I remember, uh, one, I just I just remember one night I was probably up about two in the morning because my sleeping pattern got all out of whack especially being on the medication that I was on just um, pain killing medication and I just said to myself you need to like start you need to find a goal and find you know some routine and structure about your life so yeah, it was two in the morning and I just looked a pre-app apprenticeship um, course and just logged myself in and set up myself a course and went to Melbourne Polytechnic. And I knew at this stage, I still had a cast on, but I just thought, you know, what, I'll get through it. So I just started doing that. And that kind of, you know, changed, uh, changed how I was going about life a little bit. And, and yeah, I set a goal. And then that goal was to be a commercial electrician. And yeah, but the, the following year, I think it was 2017, I started um, becoming a Sparky. So yeah, I guess I went down that path.
0: <laughs> I feel like you brush over your story like super quickly. Yeah, I and, think like, so. Don't give it the credit that it truly deserves <laughs> because I think like, obviously, as as a student and like lacking motivation sometimes in uni and like all these other aspects of facets in life, yeah. like it's such a hard thing to just be like, okay, I need a goal.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, Uh, I think... What um,
0: what sort of, sorry, what what sort of inspired you, like, at 2am in the morning to come to that decision?
1: Yeah, I think when you're sitting at home a lot and you have, like I said, no routine or structure and um, no goals panned out. Like, I did know I wanted to be an electrician, but I was kind of obviously holding it off. And I thought, I just woke up and thought, you know what, you got to get some sort of structure in and it was just a goal that I wanted. Uh, Zane also started his electrical apprenticeship at school. So that was another thing we had in common. And I just thought, you know what, um, yeah, I'm going to go for it and give it my all. And uh, yeah, I, I did, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just yeah put myself into school and went back to school five days a week for a couple of months until I was fit and healthy enough to yeah start that electrical apprenticeship and worked a little bit in domestic, which is houses. Um, for people that are listening that don't know and then commercials more bigger buildings um with a bit of extra money on so i jumped in jumped ship and went to commercial <clears throat>
0: yeah awesome um i guess in honor of zane you've started this amazing non profit yeah called tuco let's yeah, definitely. get into it it's spelled t2 ko yep um, let's do a dive into the organization and like what it means to you and I guess the broader community.
1: Yeah, so yeah, as I said, it stands for It's Time to Know Osteosarcoma. And oh, it's gone, it's not even a year, it's not even a year old yet. So that's really? cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Yeah, so uh, I think in 20, no, no, 2020, just the start of COVID actually, I was just hitting my fourth year into my apprenticeship and COVID hit. And took us all by surprise, as I'm sure you know. And um, I had some time off uh, work; work cut short. Got put on job keeper, and I actually needed another operation. (laughs) And had a slap tear in my shoulder, and it was actually formed from having that um, plaster on for so long. So I decided uh, that I was going to get the operation while I had a lot of downtime and at that time i think it was june they opened surgeries back up so i booked in my surgery and i also break broke me and my partner at the time split up so moving back home with dad there was a lot going on and had the operation and i knew when i came out of it i was just going to try um be the best that i possibly could because when you when you have an operation or you got that downtime where you can't do anything as I'm sure a lot of people um, felt during COVID itself just by sitting at home, you once again, you lose routine, you lose structure and all the rest of it and it gets quite hard. Um, I like a lot of I like red wine. So I got stuck on drinking red wine during lockdown as many people did. And um, I just said to myself, you know what, Zach, as soon as your shoulders right to heal, um, how about you do a fundraiser in in Zane's legacy. So um I had previously, the year before, had run thirty-five kilometers for Beyond Blue for mental health, and kind of fell in love with the longer distance running, and yeah, basically decided that I was going to do uh, a series of marathons um, in memory of Zane and to raise funds for osteosarcoma. So basically, I found ACNC, no ASNZS, which is. Uh, sarcoma researchers that um obviously help with research for sarcoma and one of them was osteosarcoma so yeah i I teamed up with them and started i'd actually just during lockdown just before that had done one marathon so i kind of knew what i was in for but through the month of may last year uh i set out to achieve uh, one marathon of three ultra marathons across four weeks um Which I thought at the time was possibly something I bit off more than I could chew. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) mate,
0: that is an awesome like (laughs) feat. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: and uh, yeah, the prep for that was um, I learned a lot for the prep for that in in terms of um, long distance running and. You know, sports science and understanding my body as well as what I needed to take and when, and recoveries. Of uh, in particular, the main thing. So uh, I did a lot of like Epsom bath and bath salts, um, hot saunas followed by a cold shower, and then repetitive. So to get the blood flow through that, um, a lot of myo and osteo osteo uh, therapy and a lot of stretching and rolling out all the rest of it Um, even a bit of grounding I'm not too sure if you know what grounding is but it's like you I basically went for a run and then you just instantly take your shoes and socks off and you just walk on the ground for 15 minutes to half an hour what it's meant to do is obviously we're all built up of electrons as well as earth it's meant to you know ground you and have electrons uh, flow through you and you notice a lot of your inflammation builds up and then as you're walking you can kind of feel that release it's quite amazing oh. yeah i'm quite a spiritual person too so there's a lot of there is a lot of um uh, factual evidence in regards to that so it's something i highly recommend everyone looks into but yeah i did a lot of that as well and and it was about a two three month build up of training before before the run so there was a lot of time where i was working and then go for those longer runs in particular a sunday would probably consist more of like a 20, 21 to 30 kilometre run, depending on the run, and then two 10 kilometre runs, and then I'd, yeah, obviously get into my recovery, even do a little bit of Pilates, Mm. and yeah, so May, I think May the 2nd was my first marathon, I ran it with uh, my housemate Sean Salmon, who was also the co-director of Tuco, and another friend of mine, Matt Dornoff, and we ran from uh, South Rang to Brighton, I'm pretty certain yeah so and this was all we were actually out of lockdown at this time thankfully and yeah so i did that that run and in the meantime like you said well um tuco had just slightly formed by then so i knew i wanted i had a goal of creating a, a crea- creating a something if you will i didn't know if it was going to be a non-for-profit or but i knew it was going to be in legacy of zane and yeah, so Heather Rain. Heather is my housemate Sean's uh, girlfriend, who is a graphic designer and heavily involved in Tuco, pretty much the backbone of Tuco. And she set up an Instagram page for Tuco, and we got quite a few followers. Uh, the first day, I also did a podcast a few weeks before my run, in just to talk like I am with you in regards to uh, what happened and just. Um, zane's legacy and yeah we did that and then we hit the first marathon like i said um south morang to brighton and yeah it was an incredible day had a a decent turnout and it was very uplifting to have so many people support whether they could make it or couldn't it didn't really matter because i knew a lot of people were there in spirit so yeah that was that was may the first uh second and then yeah, followed it up by another run, which was 48 kilometres, which is anything over 42 kilometres is classified as an ultra marathon. And um, yeah, so the next week, I actually ran it at Assumption College. Luckily enough, they let me use the oval for that day. So you
0: went back to your old high old school, school, yeah. Oh, wow.
1: uh, we actually um, <clears throat> Zane's funeral, I should have mentioned this early was actually at Assumption College. Oh. Yeah, so it's quite a special place for me always has been but in particular now more than ever obviously and um yeah so i decided why not run there but this one this run was a bit different it was just circles around an oval to forty eight kilometers of them how many laps is that no oh, everyone asks i didn't want to know <laughs> i don't um i never look at my watch when it comes to kilometers. oh really yeah okay. i just look at the pace and heart rate and that's it okay i don't like to know <laughs> <laughs> until i'm at the finish line yeah
0: fair enough um what sorry just to backtrack like yeah, what's what, fine. what exactly got you into running
1: yeah, uh, it's a good question. That I think looking at it now it was probably more mental health, without even realizing. Um, after those runs, I did realize a lot of people um, compete at that level, and they do have mental health issues. You kind of, for me personally, I just kind of feel extremely switched switched on. I don't have any other thought process coming through or whatever the thought process is, I'm hound into that. And I just feel very in the the zone and very confident about who I am when it comes to running. And I kind of just became obsessed with the distance and just seeing if my body could handle it and my mental capacity could handle it. Um, Obviously dealing with a lactic acid threshold, so your lactic acid builds up and it pretty much hits you anywhere in that 30 kilometer zone um can be less can be more depending on how fit you are and your body composition and all the rest of it so once i had done that for the first time and felt my legs turn into tree trunks um yeah i realized that maybe i could run further and i kind of had that that mindset of um refusing to give up which zane spoke a lot about and um yeah, just like I said, it was very impairing for me and uh, over the journey, I, I've actually helped a lot of people reach goals that they thought they couldn't achieve. Um, I did it today with two beautiful girls, Izzy and Steph. Steph was Zane's partner mm. and they ran 15 kilometers today and just, I guess, running with people and seeing them achieve their goals is um, pretty incredible and I don't think I really noticed that i was doing that and helping people in that manner so that i guess that was another big thing for me when it came to running just helping others um hit their potential and hit their goals and instead of saying oh i can't do it they, they say oh i can do it and they quite surprise themselves so yeah
0: yeah awesome and i guess it goes towards the whole message behind tuco and yeah exactly right, what mate. it stands for yeah.
1: yeah
0: um marathon three the yeah. great ocean road run fest
1: yeah which is actually coming up in um two weeks and you're running that one I am, yeah, but um, not the same distance, but because well, yeah. this one was a sixty k. Yeah, that's correct. I've done my research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was a sixty kilometer, and probably the one I was most frightened about, to be honest, only because I'd only ran in the forty kilometer zone previous to that. But um, it's something about those kind of runs and th- those days where everyone comes together and the vibes are up and. You know there's a lot of people there and that was my first official run like a marathon where you know you sign up and you go and attend the other ones were just i was just running with a couple of mates so yeah it was um a special day and i yeah i ran 60 kilometers which was very hilly i had a, about a kilometer of elevation all up so thinking about that now one kilometer up yeah is, is quite a lot but <laughs> um crazy. yeah so i ran I ran uh, eight in the morning, started that day, and I, was, I had a few little niggles and little issues, like my plantar fascia was playing up a little bit, which is, for those that don't know, it's on the bottom of your foot. Um, a few niggles through the hips and the quads. But I just said, look, if I can get through this, I'm going to come home a different person. I can probably get through anything. Um, I think more when I say get through anything in regards to fitness but i get also think getting through that mindset like when you're running to best explain a marathon to people when it comes to the mental side of things it's pretty much a wave of your life just compacted a wave of emotions compacted into into one run so a wave of emotions through your life compacted into your run so one minute you'll be feeling uh like you're on top of the world you're in that flow state or that zone state which is you know uh an incredible feeling it's probably the, one of the best ties you can ever have naturally i think um in life and five minutes later your, your body might give way and you you're telling yourself oh no just give up just this next kilometer just pull the pin and give up and a few minutes will go by and you might end up having a chat to someone and just you'll forget you're even running and then a few minutes might go by and you in the zone again listening to a rap song or just talking to yourself whatever it may be um thinking about what's ahead or thinking about what you're going to have to eat or drink after the race and um yeah i think that's one aspect of those longer distance running where you you do jam all your different emotions and the anxieties and the the happiness and the overwhelming um exuberating feeling that it gives you when you run. It made me, um, yeah, become quite obsessed with it. So, yeah, so that sixty kilometer, I, I felt, um, I felt really good. I really did. Yeah, um, talk us through the day. Like, how did it pan out? Yeah, so I started at eight in the morning, and I had to get up at four thirty and drive to the event. And I was by myself, so I think that was quite daunting for me being there by myself. But at the same time, the sunrise was coming up, and it was a beautiful day. I'm sure you've seen some of the photos and. It was just so, um, yeah, spectacular, something I'd never been a part of before. So that was pretty cool. And I'd already had two marathons behind my belt previous. So I'm like, okay. You two weeks go- prior as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and um, is, no, That's actually
0: crazy. I got- <laughs> thank you.
1: And yeah, so I just kicked it off and, you know, did, did my stretching and all the rest of it and made sure I had a lot of um, sodium salt tablets for cramping pickle juice guys is a big one for cramping if you don't know i have about. heard about that one yeah, yeah. Um, prior to the event um a lot of carbohydrate gels a lot of caffeine gels um a lot of water a lot of carb loaded water as well and electrolytes so just you know i prepared my camelback in that way did a lot of stretching and um one of my mate one of my best friends um adam milne rocked up and actually made it to before i left and said hello and goodbye to him and took off and then I knew I had a bunch of friends, including my brother at the finish line waiting for me. So, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, I guess I I got a lot out of it in terms of um, mental strength. I remember probably 15, 20 Ks in feeling really, really good. And um, they block off the road, obviously. And a lot of people live on that road and all the, all the locals come out and, you know, cheer on. And I remember a kid um a kid just being on the sidelines and um yeah, knuckle knuckles and people as they ran past and i remember giving him a knuckles and as soon as i gave him a knuckles it was almost as if uh his energy went through up through my my arm and through my spine and it it just oh just that feeling like i'll never forget it. it was just incredible it was like a shooting um override of sense sensory just going through my body and i just said you know what yeah this is what i'm meant to do it was a this is what i'm meant to do moment for me um and yeah that was an incredible feeling you know for me personally what i meant by that is like trying to help uh others in particular kids that are affected by this disease um you know to get better so yeah that was a very uplifting moment for me during the run and then like I said, um, 15, 20 k's on. Like I was probably hitting yeah, nearly the marathon uh, range in kilometers. And we had to run up this big hill. And I remember looking at a bunch of blokes ahead of me. And they were walking up the hill. And I was like, why are they walking? Like, we're meant to be running. <laughs> like that was, that was my instant thought process. <laughs> yeah. And I hadn't stopped running at that stage. And I kid you not, I started running. And I thought, you know what, I'll just get past them. So I ran a bit harder. And one hammy just went and basically felt like the string was about to pull off my hamstring and um off the bone and yeah that was my first like proper cramp and then once that one went my left one went so then i was like oh that's why they're walking <laughs> so
0: um now cramps are deadly yeah they're not good are <laughs> they
1: i uh, didn't have enough pickle juice on me apparently but um how do you pack a sorry,
0: uh, you no, that's, right. yeah, that's how cool do on. you pack
1: a marathon bag yeah right. okay so i just got a camelback um from runner's warehouse and Basically, you should have. I guess uh, I have probably about three liters of water on me. So that's so, like
0: an extra three kilos, already. Just yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot of weight, and it does put a lot of pressure and strain on my back. And that's probably like my weakest part about me personally is my back. So that's where I get most of my issues. Is so, there a story? Oh, sorry, nah, no, it's um, uh Oh, just no, nah, just back pain through. Yeah, it's just family. Yeah, family orientated bad yeah. backs. Um, and. Pretty much, yeah. You fill you. I just filled my two front, um, front bottles with water, and then the back mm-hmm. ones got my carbohydrates yep. and kind of take intervals through them. You should, if you're gonna take a carb-loaded, um, drink, you should probably eat carbs with it rather, than, and then just oh, okay. stick to the water, with the water. I might have. <laughs>
0: so carbs like your your Gatorades, your Powerades. Yeah, you can that, get or? um
1: this Tailwind um powder, it's oh, okay. just Tailwind is the, yeah. is the brand, and yeah. you put a few scoops of that in with water, mix it up, and, oh, okay. yeah. and it's got all the nutrients and things necessary that you need for that, and then I just load up on gels, but I learnt through the earlier runs that it's better to have more than less, because yeah. once you run out, you run out for good, and we did run out the first run, and that was, it gets quite hard, because once your muscles are working that hard, you really do feel that gel process through your body, and let mm-hmm. your muscles Rejuvenate and get the blood flow, f- flow through them. So, I guess I learned a lot through those runs. And then that run, I made sure I took excessive amounts. So, it's just, you know, carb, like I said, carb gels, um, uh, salt tablets, um, even beta alanine. So, beta alanine is like, do you, you take pre workout? Yeah, I do. Yeah, beta alanine. the tingle, is, right? Yeah, it's just the, t- the stuff that makes yeah. you tingle, which is, pardon me, I'm about to burp after that water. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um so beta-alanine, yeah, is um, yeah, just that, like I said, pre-workout stuff that makes you tingle. And you take a lot of that and that your muscles just um, take that all in and allow it to blood flow so I stop cramping and keep your muscles um, moving and yeah, okay. being active. So, yeah, took a lot of that as well. And, yeah, salt tablets as well to stop cramping.
0: Can you imagine there's lots of science and, and research that oh, goes into yeah, it? Yeah, it
1: is. And like, like I said, that was probably the... Mo- more so the thing i learned the most in regards to running with sean and i my housemate well because he ran he's he's more like yourself a gym junkie and um <laughs> <laughs> he said look oh, you're doing this i'll do it with you so he did the first one with me and we'll just you know process elimination will that, that work will this won't like for beta alanine for example we took that one day and we'll just run in a 10 kilometer day and we took that but what we realized is is you muscles I know 10 kilometers is a lot for a lot of people and it is a lot I just ran 11 today and I struggled um but to, if you take it that early it actually creates so much of a tingle through your face that it becomes irritating and like you oh, actually okay. actually want to stop so you know that was something we learned and it's more for like a peak 30 run I call it dirty 30s because when you know, that lactic acid hits, it's a. it becomes a. I kind of say that that's when the run starts because that's when you struggle the most so for me yeah I've learned that that run really kicks in once you hit the 30 kilometres yeah. yeah for sure did you have a coach uh, yeah, I yeah I did I had uh, um. I had two coaches I had um, Sean Williams who was uh, from he was actually the first ever marathon runner for Australia in the Olympics so, oh, wow. so I just I just uh, emailed him and he sent me a program that uh, I stuck to fairly well and then another bloke um, John Shields who was working for with my brother um, he's a plumber and he's very well known in the Iron Man region and uh, running a lot long long distances and he also just gave me a lot of tips and a lot of advice and the best advice he gave me I asked him do you think I'll be able to do this this is before I ran the four because a lot of people at the time were saying are you sure you're going to be able to do this because obviously it was something that I had never done before and he said mate you put your mind to anything you'll be able to do it so yeah took that away from him and as well as the programs and runs from Sean Williams and on my way I was and yeah it was yeah incredible from yeah back to the running yeah just learning so I cramped up and Mm. I'm like oh that's a struggle so you kind of you gotta slow down and settle down and feel your body and know what's working and what's not because you know, like you keep powering on, um, your body might give up on you. Yeah. So it's like learning, learning how your body's feeling as well as your mental capacity. You might think, okay, I can just go now, but your body's saying otherwise. Yeah. Um. So yeah. we're on the hill. Yeah, we're we on got, the hill. Yeah. So I got. So I, you know, just loosened up my muscles and I had that split decision. This is where I was, I was saying about um having all these different emotions come through you on a, on a run like this. And I was walking up the hill and I thought, you know what? I think you're done now. Like, I think this is it. I think you've gone too hard and you've done both your hammies or something like that. And I just, I also use these, uh, Australia's best kept secrets called rappy gel. Have you heard of that? It's like, um, it's used for dogs and horses. It's like a numbing cream. You can get it at the chemist, um, and use for Zach, (laughs) but, um, you can, it is, you can, can use it. And, um, i just put a lot of that on my hamstrings and let that um numb my hamstrings but uh just started walking and walked up the hill and when i got to the top i'm like you know what you're gonna run back down and then Mm. i just slowly ran back down and they actually loosened up my hamstrings loosened and i proceeded to run the rest of the race and tried to (laughs) there was this lady she was quite a fair bit older than myself running the ultra and i'm like i'm quite competitive (laughs) <laughs> if you don't know. And I said, She's not beating me and um she was beating me and she just kept with a steady pace whereas I was I was catching up to her and I was like, Okay, once you get to her you're just gonna go and I uh, I shot off and as I shot off my brother actually drove past me, he finally got through the traffic. He's like, Oh, it's Aki, and I'm I got that adrenaline, that zone feeling. Yeah. And once I got that feeling, I just went, but then my hammies went again. So I was like, Oh, this is what I mean by the mentality of your body and your mind, you got to kind of...
0: Like make sure that they're in sync. Yeah, with each in other. sync yeah. a lot of the
1: time. Um, How far
0: into this run are you?
1: I'm probably 50Ks in. 50K. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I'm a fair way in now. And um, yeah, I think like learning all that in the process, you kind of just... When it's, when it's marathon running and ultra marathon running, you know, don't sprint because it's a fucking marathon. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I learnt that the hard way, as everyone does, I'm, I'm sure. And I think that last 10 kilometres for me was, you know, I'd unmarked territory. I'd never been in that area of kilometres before in that region. And it is brutal. It, like, I can't explain to you how much the difference is between a marathon and, and an ultra marathon is every kilometre really does count. And it it is extremely hard. Um, but I encourage everyone to do it. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess that last 10, I just had to dig deep. And I guess that's where Zane and Tuco comes into mind. Yeah, and are I, they the thoughts that are running Yeah, definitely. Um, what I learned through these races prior and just training is, if I think about that too heavily, I go into that zone state and that zone state is the state of flow. Mm. But when you're in the state of flow, you use too much adrenaline up. Mm. And when you use too, too much adrenaline up, it usually is followed by um, whether it be lactic acid or just your body's trying to recover because you've obviously ran harder and your heart rate's lower or should be lower. If you If you get in that state of flow, you don't have to run and work too hard because you're just in such a... Good mental space and your breathing's working well. So what I realized is if I concentrated heavily on thinking of uh Zane or Tuco or what I was trying to achieve, that that state of flow would come on. So I'd try not to think about it as much or just let it pass through my mind and, you know, let it go back out. But that that back end of the run was heavily concentrated on those things and and achieving the goal and yeah, it was, it was an extremely big struggle. But like you said, um, our motto at Tugo is refuse to give up. Zane had that tattooed on his neck um, not too long before his passing. So, yeah, it's um it's a really big statement for us at Tugo. So I had that in my mind and knew that I was I was going to get to the end and finally saw Apollo Bay um, towards the back end of that run and knew that my friends were there waiting for me. And it's, it's funny, it's like at that point in time, you could just, you're just like, oh, I could just give up, and it just keeps coming back into your head. Doesn't matter how loud your music is, doesn't matter how much you think about this, this what you're trying to achieve, um, and their goals, but it does. And as soon as I got closer, and you could hear the crowd, and you could hear the locals talking, it was almost like you think like i'm talking about a state of flow but it's beyond that then once you go that like people clapping and all the rest of i'm sure you've probably felt felt similar when you're lifting heavy weights and you get an applause and all the rest of it it's it's an incredible feeling and um yeah something that i'd never felt that finish line um was yeah just seeing so many people there cheering you on and knowing that you you know help raise some money towards that town and all the rest of it like that's what the day is all about at um, Lawn to Apollo Bay, and just seeing all the the atmosphere is just incredible. It's just it's yeah overwhelming and something that I'll never forget. And I'm excited to say that yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, a few quite a few people running with me this year. So yeah, so that was that was the third run. <laughs> yeah, know <laughs> yeah, that, that's
0: it's just the third run as well. <laughs> no, not just, but that's like it would have been so exciting and like I guess the finish line. Yeah. Made it a lot easier to cross over and everything, I guess.
1: Yeah, 100%, mate. It was, um, yeah, the finish line <laughs> and the crowd there was definitely, definitely helped, you know, push those last few kilometers and get to the end. Yeah. And having like, the, some of my closest mates, my closest mates there by my side was, yeah, it was an incredible feeling. And we had just released our first stock of Tuco merch. So a lot of people were wearing the merch that day. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, cr- an uh, amazing experience that I'm definitely never going to forget.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, what was that night like?
1: Um, the night was uh, interesting, to say <laughs> the least. I had a, I was working for a different company at the time. I was still in commercial and they were uh, extremely uh, helpful and, you know, backed me. So they let me have a few days off to recover and... Um, and yeah so i got to stay up there that night It was on a sunday and um few we had a few beers i hadn't drank in three months but i said you know I, I think i deserve a beer so i had one and knocked me for six i was pretty sure i was blind off one beer i hadn't been like that since i was 16. <laughs> <laughs> so i swear to god i was yeah. blind off one beer um hadn't eaten so that probably might have helped and yeah lost a lot of weight yeah definitely. <laughs> so um yeah just had a drink and chilled out with my mates and just knew what I needed to do in recovery wise, and take the right supplements, have the legs up, let the blood throw flow back through my body, and ice, and all the rest of it. Um, so I did a lot of that where we were staying, and um, spent a lot of time in the sea, in the water, and just recovered because it's yeah pretty hard to walk the next <laughs> yeah. next few hours after it. But um, because you
0: knew the week after well, you had the big run, one. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So um. Yeah, I uh, just just recovered. I Actually, for all these runs, I didn't run at all in the weeks in between these runs. I just recovered because I just thought there wasn't much point in putting even more stress on my body and my legs when it came to that. So I guess I, through the third and uh, into the fourth, I just recovered and concentrated on recovery and even a bit of meditation. That was a big part of my recovery. I probably haven't mentioned. And yeah, just prepared for the last run the last run was um uh that stars which is out in essendon Uh, zane played junior football there and we finished at assumption college so yeah that was 64 kilometers a little bit more than the last one Um, i had a lot of people turn out for that and a lot of people run with me throughout the throughout the race sean my housemate once again started it with me. I had a few of my mates on bikes and that was a really grueling run, that one. Um, I don't mind running by myself um, through different times of a run like that just because, you know, you're in your zone, you're concentrated on what you have to do and kind of, you know, no one else is there to not bother you, but, you know, you kind of, I just like to be heavily focused on what's ahead and what's in front of me. Yeah, I completely get yeah, that. Yeah, and like- I, I think I ran it about 15 kilometers by myself two of my mates were riding a bike but they were either ahead or behind me Mm. and yeah that run was extremely hilly again um i think maybe even more so than the last but um yeah just had a lot of people there to support me especially on that back end i actually um remember asking the question i know this is jumping the gun a bit but it was just a very similar run to the previous but i remember asking i thought i was about 35 40 kilometers in and i said i don't like i said i don't look at how how many kilometers i've run. i don't like to know i just like to know when it's finished <laughs> so um i did actually ask someone because uh roughly where i was at so because i off based off the time i take certain supplements mm. um so i wanted to know because I, I like to use a lot of caffeine towards the back end of the run um gives you like gives me the best amount of stimulant as possible um so i wanted to to know if i was in like that 40 or so kilometer mark and they're like oh more like 50 you know it kind of blew me away because i thought i was way less in the run that's so. probably the best feeling yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it was really, if I it was, was the other way i feel like i was actually i was ecstatic yeah <laughs> to say the least and yeah so they told me that and i had at least 15 boys running with me at that stage uh, and girls and um it was like really really hilly up up those runs and very steep so some of those back end ones i knew from the previous run just walk up them and then run down them and then you know run the flats so i did do a lot of that just purely because you know your quads get so tired and same as your hamstrings calves all the rest of it by the end of it i didn't even have that energy to get up them but i could get down them and i could go um forward. Mm. And I think now learning that I could probably next time I do it and when I do it I'll be able to run up them as well. Just have to learn to use my energy right and take the right supplements again. But yeah, it was um an excruciating run that one. Um it was on a lot of gravel and a lot of dirt and uh it was just very um humbling and I don't know, it was like uh and an emotional experience for everyone but it was during the peak time of covid you know you don't really we didn't get to see each other and all of a sudden we're all together and it was friends and family have met myself and zanes that some of us hadn't seen each other in years like how many years are you out of school just only two two yeah, yeah. this was six seven so yeah. sometimes you know you, you you love your mates but you go on different different waves and paths in life and you don't get to see him as much so to come together for Zane and know that he's got us, he's brought us all together for that purpose um, yeah it was truly an incredible day and yeah the back end we had about 200, 250 people turn up and um, and yeah we, that was pretty surprising for me Um, so yeah I got to Assumption College on at the end of May and Finish the run and yeah, like I said, it was an incredible experience and a lot of people um, bonded and it was almost like as if it was like a a twenty first birthday, you know, or a wedding. Imagine. Yeah, you know, yeah. everyone's there together and and we'd just gone through COVID and you know not being able to socialize and yeah, it was it was a beautiful moment and I got there and I was knackered for a little bit and then I think that was the day Tuco kind of cemented himself it was it was even though it's not recorded as that day it was definitely that day um we we my best friend Jaden. he's also the co-director of two go there's three of us and um he the week between race three and race four he surprised me and, and didn't tell me but he raffled a few people up together and created this facebook um group and raised over 20 something grand for me and i'd already raised 11 and a half, so altogether it was like 35 grand and they handed me like this kind of like fake tuco check with huh. the amount, amount of money that it was on there and yeah it blew me away like so many people can be you know so kind and generous but essentially what they don't even realize is that's how tuco started we we sent ASNZS um 11 and a half grand and then we kept the rest to build the non for profit organization that you now know is Tuco today. So yeah, um it's yeah, it was just um a wonderful experience and we ended up partying hard that day and I got extremely drunk and we had a good laugh and Yeah it took a few took a few days to recover and process what had actually had just happened and um and what was gonna be moving forward. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Um, talk to us about your support network and obviously you have your two co-directors as well. Yep. What have they been or what do they mean to you in um, terms of two
1: They're both um, com- uh, incredibly motivating, um, humble blokes that, you know, they're um, they're very different people but they're um, very devoted into what they want to and what they want to achieve and Sean's 32s he's a bit older than myself but you know he 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 holds me accountable and um helps me with directions and how to go about things and you know whether it's him and rain teaching me how to market Tuco and uh how to like today we were getting prepared for Tuco go day which is next week which we can talk about that but you know we went around and we looked at coffee trucks we went to like a little uh, car festival and just saw how they go about it and how they approach and get numbers to their event and we want to do the same so you know sean takes me down that path takes me down the social media aspect and um jaden it's very very similar and you know he helped raise a lot of money and um will continue to do so he's actually just moved to portugal but he wants to you know help set up a tuco you know um non-for-profit brand and over there and helped um link it in not you know not um, set it up but you know help spread the awareness and um help with funds through that way so yeah they're just um they're just two blokes from the support support team you know i've got um my family and friends as well as zane's and um a lot of a lot and a lot of other people family uh and in particular friends that are really jumped on board whether they knew zane or they didn't um it doesn't really matter at all because you know we're all here for one purpose and it's you know to refuse to give up it's to help um you know help with the lives of others whether they're struggling and they just need you know a helping hand and to let them know that we're here to support you or if it's funds um if we can help with funding research in the future if i can um, get my start talking to doctors and surgeons and research into that area like as you know i have my own podcast it's just started up and that's going to be heavily driven and motivated by tuco as well
0: yeah um so i guess that's the direction tuco's headed in and yeah yeah i guess chat to chat to us about future plans and yes. of course tuco day that's coming Fu- up
1: yeah a lot of plans um we a lot of networking a lot of um a lot of networking i guess that's why me and you were here today um a good friend of mine alana davey i'm um, I know who her through her brother Kylan, and she got me to get to know you guys down at Lululemon. Um, <laughs> by no means am I paid or partnership or any of the rest of it. I'm not an ambassador or anything like that. But when those runs were on board, uh, Lululemon Doncaster come down and said, "Hey, we'll help you out. Um, with with your merch and all the rest of it, and just be huge supporters." And then through through that, I saw more than a run, and Alana approached me and said, "Hey, can you do you want to do?" chip in for more than a run and i was one of i think of 120 run leaders um throughout australia and new zealand so just networking in with other people has been a big big thing for me since those runs and um it's got to help me meet people like ollie and kat down at um greensboro tri club who have um just recently made me do my first ever triathlon and i just and as well as um Nadia and Paul down at Pilates Republic who I'm sure you may have known mm-hmm. and being able to see those guys in their field of work and expertise has definitely made me feel I'm in the right place you know I've, from meeting these people they having having lunch or having a coffee with them and just having a laugh seeing them at that aspect of their life and then watching them flick a switch and um, try get the best out of people and um, in their training whether it be cat in her triathlon training or nadia in her pilates training and it's only a 45 minute half hour an hour session and just to see them flick that switch and um, be so dedicated into getting the best result and passion out of someone else in that in that short space of time has been truly incredible and motivating for myself because i know tuco aims to do a lot like that um so yeah i know i'm in the right um group of people in the right areas so i've been incredibly lucky in that sense and um we've yeah networked in with them and i've i've done my bit and i'm sure they'll help out whenever they they feel like it or they want to um tuco day is coming up and i've been seeing um all of those guys a little bit throughout the year and paul and nadia are gonna um uh help with merch and um wear the merch on the day at their pilates um um republic venues as well as i'm sure a lot of people so basically for those listening to go day will be um next saturday yes yeah, saturday the 7th of may
0: yeah so they'll be listening to this yeah wednesday oh uh, yeah
1: and it'll be beautiful so come down it's going to be down at bundura park uh it's 10 till 2 o'clock obviously like i've been saying it's the days about refusing to give up we want to refuse to give up to helping other people fight this disease um we also are going to just have you know a lot of little pamphlets and whatnot just to try explaining more detail what osteosarcoma is and give you a better understanding with some facts and evidence um and because it's just such a a disease a lot of a lot pardon me not a lot of people really understand or even know of you know i never heard of it um before prior to zane having it and i know a lot of people have learned through tuco what it is and what it means i can Um, definitely vouch
0: for that like i i had no clue what osteosarcoma was and and then alana reached out and thankfully we've like met and now i know a little bit more about it and We'll continue to support you throughout your journey.
1: Thank you, mate. And like I said, like all in networking, that's why I'm here other than I just like you and want to have a chat. <laughs> um, Thanks. I just, um, <laughs> my pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me. Um, like networking and, you know, hit your audience as well as many others and get them on board. You know, I'll, this is why I love podcasts because you can be a fly on the wall and you, it can really hit you in a way that, is inspiring and can create them to maybe come to an event or go for a run or you know change something about their lives that they're like oh you know what I'm, I'm actually doing less of this I need to change on oh, doing more of this that I need to change so yeah I think podcasts are the way to go about networking in this is why I've started doing podcasting myself um
0: yeah talk to us about it how's it
1: going yeah it's is called it Talking Whack with Zach um I've just released two episodes now uh, just churning them yeah well they've been they've been in the um, pile up for a couple of weeks it took me a while Jaden isn't that good at um, teaching no, I'm kidding he, he was helping as best as he could as he could his, his student was no good at uploading them but they got there in the end um, so yeah they're up if you guys want to listen to them they're both interviews with both my co-directors Jaden and Sean um, yeah and good then,
0: listen I'll pop them in the show notes below
1: <laughs> thanks mate no you don't have to do that but it's alright Oh, up to you <laughs> yeah um yeah so um yeah that's that's the that's the route i'm going to go down that path some of it there's different segments so one's called it's time to know and that's going to obviously break up into a two-go segment so yeah getting if i can doctors surgeons even patients we call them osteosarcoma warriors which i will have harassed you we've just recently um donated to and i've got quite a um beautiful relationship with him now which I'm, I'm loving and i think that's for me personally being um, a founder of this non-for-profit is something that i really want to get out of you know I'd, I'd, i really want to make a connection with as many people as i can and just let them know that Tuco's there for them and we're all here to support them so yeah i've met haresh who's similar age to us who's just recently gone through e-wing osteosarcoma i don't want to go in too much depth because because it, it, it's um more his story to tell but yeah meeting him and uh having his story told to me and watching him fight it and and the way he's gone about it has been truly inspiring for me once again and that's the path that i want to go down with tuco is is um yeah that in that sense and running is a big part of tuco coincidentally <laughs> i guess it just started off with challenges through lockdown and those challenges turned into like people, it was almost as if it was like a me, a mental health or like a lifeline through COVID. You know, people lost their routine and their structure in life. And man, Sean and Jaden and Heather, we just said, "All right, how about we just give someone something to do in lockdown when there was nothing to do?" And we just created these little challenges that just really took off. Like so many people, like I think it might have been Ash. Um, who's from lululemon or um grace someone said they've seen so much of to go on instagram mm. just through other people you know i like other people posting their challenges or whatever it may have been if it was my runs so yeah that's where i was really keen to jump in on the um mental health um lululemon more than a run because we're huge ab- advocates for mental health as well as fighting osteosarcoma this disease so it was a beautiful day in that sense and Yeah, running just became a thing where we got people on board and it was started off with just run two co two kilometer challenge and it was just a hashtag and people did it. And then it went from one person to 50 people in one day did it. So, like, how many, you know, you don't know what you're doing for that person, but they might have been in a really bad, really bad way mentally and they got out and ran and got the endorphins and they could have changed up their life in that, in that, um, space of time and that was something i probably didn't really uh factor in or understand when i created or helped create Tuco. i kind of thought of it as just this aim to help people fight this disease and ultimately cure it but um yeah mental health's been a big aspect of it and was especially the case during COVID. and we have these little challenges here and there that people Mm. still participate in and i think it's just going to continue on getting bigger. My goal uh, in particular, and something that I've always had in mind uh, as soon as Tuco started, was to create, like the Great Ocean Road Run, for example, a Tuco Marathon, except with a little bit of a twist. And I think, like I said, I do like to party and I enjoy music a lot. But um what I've always pictured is it's like a marathon, but at the end of the marathon, it's just this is just my vision. It's like a few ice pools just set up, man-made, big ice pools at the finish line. Because a lot of people, a lot of these runs, they don't have sufficient recovery stations. It's kind of like you finish the run and they just kick you on. They give you a medal and say goodbye. Um, and I don't... I see like a big hole in the market, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, I think, yeah, it's probably super important to have everyone recover it doesn't matter who you are you've got to go through this next process of that run and that's recovery so having ice baths or ice pools whatever it may be is the next step of passing that marathon before you get your medal and then once you go through the ice bath you get your electrolytes all the rest of it back in the system your sodiums all that and then there's these big black gates that you that are really big but it's actually a festival the gates for a festival and what that does is you can kind of hear the music and people be like oh you're out of your mind but i'm telling you once you've got that adrenaline and you've just finished a run you're nothing better than to socialize with other people and those gates open up and then it's yeah it's like a tuco festival and it just i don't think there'd be more of an incredible feeling than having this natural high of just completing something that you may not have thought you could and then socializing and listening to a bit of music and dancing Yeah, like everyone that you yeah. love. yeah.
0: Just, I can imagine just like celebrating with people that you've just completed it with yeah. as well. It's sad to see that people just like get kicked out and like get the medal, I, don't, I guess. Yeah, but.
1: I don't think it's more kicked out. I think it's just, you know, the, that run for instance is on the beach. So yeah. I did go jump in the water, but I didn't see anyone else do that. I know it was raining, but like... I think ultimately, if you have these stages set up and for people to get through, they're not going to leave. So mm. I don't know. Just that's been a vision of mine since day one. Having like this running festival, literally though, yeah. Quite, and um, yeah, it's something I look forward to and hope one day we can achieve. And I think we will do that. Um, another thing is just obviously you know we have a, have merchandise which helps us with cash flow and um, yeah, having like this brand where. Where you can wear it and people will be like, oh, like you, you know, you at your Nike, you've got your Lululemon and all the rest of it, and not, not um, trying to say anything bad about them, but it'd be pretty cool to have a merchandise like Tuco, and it's a non for profit, like you know, you're yeah. helping out someone else, and it's a cool brand, it's a, a comfortable clothing brand that you can either run in, do yoga, Pilates, gym, workout, whatever it may be, swim, um, yeah, it would be it'd be pretty cool to see it go down that path of the way as well. Uh, which your, has been, merch
0: is, your merch is pretty good. Oh, thank oh. you. And Not if, pretty good, it is really good. And actually. just to top um, that
1: off, if you guys want some merch, we are selling that at Tuco yeah. Day, which is in Bundara Park, 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. on Saturday, the 7th of May. That was um, the day Zane was diagnosed with osteosarcoma. So that's why also that that run is on that day. But Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's something that... We look at striving to achieve in the near future. I have a few personal goals when it comes to running um, that I want to achieve as well. Uh, <laughs> Such as? <laughs> <laughs> well, You've already yeah. done like
0: what, 70K? <laughs> no, almost 65. Yeah, um,
1: I'll run a, I want to run 100 kilometers. Wow. Yeah, so I'm certain I'll do it in the next couple of months. Um, just getting back on the bandwagon of running now. So I think, yeah, in good time that will happen uh, and i'm also uh right now i just started the club calendar challenge which uh, lana <laughs> drew me into doing <laughs> just the other day i went and picked up i went and saw um, her at lululemon and basically she'd show me i think his name was josh he's an australian as well he he achieved uh, this huge goal which a club calendar uh, calendar club challenge is basically what it is is is. Whatever date it is, so today was the first, uh, I ran one kilometer, and then so on, so forth. So the third, you run three, 30th, you run 30, until the month finishes. So Sierra Zylstra, she lives in uh, Michigan, America. We uh, raised funds and ha- uh, helping her battle um, osteosarcoma at the minute, and unfortunately, um, with great sadness, her s- sarcoma just came back after not too long ago having really good results and treatment saying that um she was doing really well um so yeah it's extremely saddening and she's uh similar age to myself so i've just re- on the on our tuco page just let everyone know what i'm doing but um yeah so i've just started that club calendar club challenge today and all proceeds and donations uh, specifically for that challenge will all go directly to sierra and that's something that i really strive to do for Tuco go is to actually help individuals in need because um, you know a lot of people uh, a lot of non-for-profits you know people go people ask like where where does your money go i kind of want to show and and it's fine and i completely understand that um
0: i think there's there are a lot of devil's advocates yeah, there and 100 percent there are
1: and look i'm very new to all this game and only want the best for for these people that are dealing with osteosarcoma and and their families and all the rest of it so not only do i obviously want to talk to people that are researching into it and help them with, with giving them funds to continue on researching and seeing what the issue is and how to go about it um but the other factor is i want to want to help people like sierra directly in need and and Haresh. and like speaking to these people it'd be extremely difficult and something that i've only just recently learned but osteosarcoma the treatment for it hasn't changed in 40 years so it's um yeah it's something that would definitely affect your mental health i think if you're going into it to you know deal with uh, something so bad as osteosarcoma and knowing that nothing's changed in 40 years well where does that put you you and your mental health and your mental state so yeah i think giving giving people that are actually dealing with it um funds and just a you know a helping hand and letting them know that our community is behind you no matter the situation is um truly up- uplifting and something that i think tuco brings and why tuco has become what it is in such a short period of time yeah um,
0: i can imagine the hope that it does give to these individuals that are yeah, unfortunately going through osteosarcoma
1: 100 yeah, um they're they they love they love um Having the support of Tuko or any non for profit, there is others out there in osteosarcoma. But um, yeah, it is a yeah, it is extremely uh, good feeling. I think a bit is myself uh, and thinking about how Zane would have felt if something like this was there. Um, I'm I'm sure he would have really appreciated it, and I'm sure there probably be poss- possibly was at that time too. But mm. like I said, networking is is a big thing and social media is huge in that sense of the way and you know you can have your negative outlooks of social media but this is like that positive outlook that you see creep through social media so um if you if you're not on board guys jump on to tuco uh tuco at t2ko underscore underscore on instagram and be a part of the community and help uh with the lives of others
0: yeah awesome um one final thing. Yeah, go for it. What does mental health mean to you?
1: What does mental health mean to you? There's um, been
0: a lot about it uh, with Tuco and of yeah. course all, all the people that have supported you. What does it mean to you?
1: What does it mean to you? I think overall I think it's a, it's just a, should I say battle? I, can, I guess life um, throws you curveballs that will give you that struggle um, and it's about how you how you perceive it and how you react towards the struggle as well as the good times and um, you know making sure you understand that the bad times aren't bad forever and the good times aren't good forever and trying to <clears throat> trying to sift through both of those mental states and just being you know just uh, feeling all those emotions and allowing it to be what it is rather than trying to fight it as such you know whether it is um i was just going to say like something like substance abuse or something that to try ease the pain of um mental health or you know um mental health in a negative aspect anyway it's probably you know it is an easier option but um i think yeah for me like yeah mental health is just being an Allowing yourself to feel whatever way you may, may be and al- allowing yourself to be vulnerable to others and um, making sure that you're not you're not feeling as if you're alone because um, there's always hope there, whether it be Tuco or Beyond Blue or whatever it may be, Lifeline. Um, it's always there or just your mate, your family, your friends. Something big for me personally is just being able to speak up to my family like my mum and my dad, especially those two people in particular um recently because that was just something i couldn't do i just i don't know why i couldn't do it but i just i could do it for towards other people but couldn't do it with my family but um yeah i think yeah just just probably the best thing with mental health is definitely opening up um as best as you can i know it's extremely hard in particular for males um trying to understand as to why that is but yeah, just, um, allowing yourself to feel what it is. And if it's bad, um, addressing it, whether you go see someone, a counselor or maybe, or a friend helping someone to have a shoulder on, you know, um, or lean on, sorry. Um, or even, yeah, even if, even your parents like myself. Yeah. Amazing. And if
0: Zane was still here to this day, um, what would you like to say to him?
1: Uh well yeah I've never been asked that question before what would I like to say to Zane if he was still here today Uh, I feel as if he's always by my side but I think I would love to say to him that I miss him and it's never been the same without him but I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that his legacy will live on forever <clears throat> thank you very much no, thanks man I can
0: imagine it be pretty hard to
1: yeah, that, yeah. Was, that that's an incredible question and
0: i'm sure he would really really appreciate everything that you've done and the way you've carried yourself yeah throughout all these years i appreciate
1: you having me on mate you're an <sighs> absolute legend and um yeah i'm sorry i'm back and forth a lot but that's just me <laughs> that's, that's just how the podcast
0: goes that's as well it. um where can people find you
1: uh they can find myself at talk and whack with zach on instagram that's my podcast and at T2KO underscore underscore for Tuco. Um, Zach Pettit on Facebook as well. If you want to jump on that, I don't really use it as regularly, but it's starting to be more of a podcast and Tuco um, page now. Yeah. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for hopping on. I really appreciate you no hopping worries. down in the studio and um, chatting about Tuco and obviously yourself.
1: Thanks for having me on, mate. Um, this is going to be roles reversed on my page, so all <laughs> your audience will have to listen to my podcast as I interview Jaden and get to know him a bit better myself.
0: Awesome. And until next time, uh, follow at Life With Podcast on Instagram and we'll catch you in the next one. Thank you. Thank you very much.